This week, Amazon is filing homelessness. BET is launching a streaming service. Ten state attorney generals are suing the T-Mobile Sprint merger, plus Julian Assange may be extradited to the United States. Those are some of the tech news stories from this week, and it's Friday, June 14th, 2019. My name is Kirk Corliss, and it's episode 26 of the GNC Week in Review podcast, part of the Tech Podcast Network. If it's tech, it's here. Thank you so much for tuning in for this week's episode. If you are a new listener, please be sure to subscribe to the podcast where you can find on the right-hand side column at gncweekly.com. Be it Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, your favorite podcast app for Android, or on TuneIn, Spotify, and Stitcher. Get connected with GNCWIR, be it social media or, social media or email at gncweekly.com forward slash connect. We're going to jump in with the tech news from this week and from geeknewscentral.com. It's great to be back with you after a two-week absence, and we're going to lead off with Amazon, where they said Tuesday that it would donate $8 million to fight homelessness. Plymouth Housing in Washington Washington will receive $5 million, and the Arlington Community Foundation will get $3 million. Both nonprofits are located in Amazon's headquartered cities. In addition to the donation, Amazon will match employee contributions to the following charities up to $5 million through September 30th, and they are Accelerator YMCA, HAHC Inc., Arlington Partnership for Affordable Housing, A-SPAN, Bellwether Housing, Carpenters Shelter, Community Lodgings, Compass Housing Alliance, Cornerstones, Doorways, El Centro de la Raza, Facets, Fair Start, Friendship Place, Hope Link, Mary's Place, Plymouth Housing, Wellspring Family Services, Wells Wesley Housing Development Corporation and Youth Care. The funds will help increase access to affordable housing for low-income families and veterans, according to Amazon. The nonprofits can use the money to create more housing units and add support services for community members in those regions. In Amazon's press release, Paul Lambros, CEO of Plymouth Housing, said Amazon's initiative would help the nonprofit meet the immediate needs of of thousands of people in the coming years. And Jennifer Owens, president and CEO of the Arlington Community Foundation, said, quote, our veterans and working families deserve an opportunity deserve an appropriate standard of living that is healthy, safe, and makes it for it makes for a vibrant community. This gift is a great contribution toward that cause. Jay Carney, Senior Vice President of Global Corporate Affairs at Global Corporate Affairs at Amazon, said homelessness and affordable housing are real concerns in headquarters cities. He says, quote, we believe this gift can help offer additional housing and support services for our neighbors in need. In addition, together with our employees, we will donate to nonprofits located in Washington State, Washington, D.C., Maryland, and Virginia, whose missions support affordable housing and people experiencing homelessness. In other Amazon news, Amazon's brick-and-mortar empire continues to sp- continues to expand after the company opened its second-largest cashier-free store, Amazon Go, on Park Avenue in New York City. In addition to groceries, the store will offer ready-to-eat meals and snacks, including offering includes offerings from local bakeries and vendors, Dominique Ansel, Magnolia Baker, Magnolia Bakery, excuse me, S a Bagel, Epicured. Bien Quit, I'm probably mispronouncing the name, C, last name, uh, 
word, I'm sorry, C-U-I-T, Hale and Hearty, and Terranova Bakery. There will also be Amazon meal kits and freshly brewed freshly brewed coffee and espresso on sale following the launch of a coffee at a Go store in Seattle. Comcast and Charter agree to sell thousands of Apple devices, part of, its de- part of a deal to offer the iPhone to customers for its mobile services. Mobile service, excuse me. Comcast agreed to sell iPads at a discount with Comcast eating the subsidized cost. Comcast and Charter agreed to Apple's terms because they decided they couldn't launch a mobile service without supporting the iPhone. Now, as part of their deal to carry the iPhone with their fledging mobile plans, Apple has compelled the two largest U.S. cable companies to sell large numbers of other Apple devices as well, according to people familiar with the matter. Both Charter and Comcast offer wireless service as part of a joint mobile virtual virtual network operator, or MV, MVNO, agreement with Verizon, originally agreed, in to, agreed to in 2012. Comcast, which started service in 2017, has about 1.5 million Xfinity mobile subscribers, and Charter, which started last September, had more than 300,000 as of March 31st. The cable, comp- the cable providers decided that they could not offer a viable mobile service to compete with Verizon, AT&T, Sprint, and T-Mobile without carrying the iPhone, giving ample, ample, giving ample, Apple, excuse me, ample, Wow. Giving Apple ample leverage in negotiations. While the exact details of Comcast and Charter's agreement are private, Comcast has to sell a number of certain of iPads in the thousands at a subsidized cost, with Comcast paying for the difference between discounted price and a retail price. Discounted price and the retail price. Comcast sells the sixth generation 32 gigabyte 9.7 inch cellular iPad for $422.99. Apple and Charter retail the same device for $459. Charter has a different agreement with Apple because the because the second largest U.S. cable company allows its customers to use Apple TVs as replacement set-top devices for charity for Charter's legacy boxes. Comcast doesn't allow Apple TVs to replace its Xfinity One boxes. As a result, Charter does not have the same subsidized sales requirement for iPads that Comcast does. Charter sells Apple TVs at $7.50 per month for 24 months or $180, the retail cost of an Apple TV. Alternatively, a customer can lease a Charter set-top box for $7.50 per per month. In other words, Charter offers an Apple TV at the same price as a Charter set-top box, but a customer ends up owing the Apple TV and returning the Charter box. Charter has become the third largest party has become the third largest party seller of Apple TVs because of the agreement. WikiLeaks Julian Assange will face a extradition will face a extradition hearing on February 24th next year. Uh, Westminster, Westminster Magistrates Courts that ruled this morning. The Chief Magistrate of England and Wales, Emma Arbuthnot, ordered that a five-day court hearing takes place to decide whether Assange should be extradited to the U.S. The 47-year-old Australian will likely remain in prison until the extradition hearing date, although his sentence for jumping bail in the U.K. expires in early October. Uh, Barrister Ben Brandon, who represents the U.S. government, said was reported to have said this morning with the case opening, quote, this is related to one of the largest compromises of federal of confidential information in the history of the United States. Assange is charged with 18 offenses that amount to hacking and illegally obtaining confidential American 
government information, something allegedly done with ex-U.S. Army analyst Chelsea Manning. Among other things, Assange is accused of cracking a hash. Cracked a cracking, excuse me, a hashed password protecting files leaked by Manning, thereby committing a crime. Brandon told to, told the court, "quote By publishing that unredacted material on the internet, Mr. Assange get, created a grave and imminent risk that human intelligence services, including journalists, human rights defenders, and political activists, would suffer a serious physical harm or arbitrary definition or arbitrary detention." Addressing the court via video link and wearing a gray T-shirt and black frame spectacles, Assange wrongly addressed the judge as Lady Arbuthnot while declaring that, quote, 175 years of my life is completely at, is effectively at stake. Assange's barringer, Assange barrister Mark Summers QC said the extradition attempt, quote, says, quote, represents an outrageous and full frontal assault on journalistic rights. In the Government in Tech News block on Tuesday, Senator Ed Markey took to the floor of the Senate in an attempt to force a, to force a vote on a bill to reinstate, to reinstate net neutrality on the one-year one anniversary of the reversal. Markey said, quote, uh, who says, quote, says, referring to the Save the Internet Act passed by the House in April, under Senator McConnell's leadership, the Republicans are trying to bury this, bury this bill in a legislative graveyard. Republican Senator Ron Wicker of uh, Mississippi blocked the vote, arguing that much of the arguing that much of what Democrats warned would happen following the repeal has yet to take place. There have been a number of efforts to restore the rules and reinstate net neutrality. One ongoing one ongoing lawsuit argues the FCC was unreasonable and capricious in repealing the rules and hopes to reinstate the rules on those grounds. Congress has also proposed a number of measures aimed at codifying that codifying net neutrality in law. Representative Mike Doyle of Pennsylvania, Democrat of Pennsylvania, who chairs the Energy and Commerce Subcommittee on Technology and Communications, has championed a number of these efforts. Last summer, Doyle attempted to reverse the PIE's FCC repeal of net neutrality along with his colleagues in the separate chamber. The measure found success in the Senate but fell short in the House. Now he's the main sponsor of the Save the Internet Act that was overwhelmingly approved in a Democrat-led House of Representatives. But... Mitch, uh, Majority Majority Leader Mitch McConnell, Republican of Kentucky, told The Hill back in April that the measure was, quote, dead on arrival in the Senate. Ten state, ten, state, uh, st ten state attorney generals, including New York and California, are suing in an effort to stop the, t stop the merger of T-Mobile and Sprint. T-Mobile U.S. and Sprint, excuse me, a formal complaint was filed in New York federal court and revealed this week claiming that a merger of the third and fourth, claiming that a third of the, claiming that a merger of the third and fourth largest cellular networks in the United States would damage competition and raise bills and prices for millions of Americans. The lawsuit follows a statement last month by FCC Chairman Ajit Pai in which in which he said he was planning to approve the $26, $26 billion merger thanks to new, quote, commitments made by the two companies about 5G deployment and rural wireless access. That statement was met with heavy criticism, with telecom experts questioning the value of the commitments, which were not, which were not made public, and noting that Pi appeared to be ignoring, ignoring advice from antitrust experts 
antitrust experts at the Department of Justice who oppose the deal despite having previously indicated that he will stand by any DOJ uh, determination. In addition to New York and California, the State Attorney General of Colorado, Connecticut, the District of Columbia, Maryland, Michigan, Mississippi, Virginia, and Wisconsin have joined the lawsuit. New York uh, Attorney General Letitia James said in a statement, quote, This is exactly the sort of consumer-harming, job-killing mega-merger our antitrust laws were designed to prevent, continuing, when it comes to corporate power, bigger isn't always better. Speaking of the SEC, they will authorize $166.8 million to carrier in 22 states to expand broadband access beginning this month. It's the second round of funding this year from the FCC's Connect America Fund auction which pays carriers to deploy broadband to undeserved rural regions. The funding will go to a variety of different regions, including tribal areas in Arizona, New Mexico, and Utah. In total, the FCC promised to provide $1.5 billion over the next decade as part of its Connect America initiative to bring high-speed Internet access to over 700,000 homes and businesses in rural areas. Excuse me, I had to take a pause to have a drink of some liquid refreshment. In the streaming news block, um, which is plenty of it, and first up in in this block, Epix has come to Amazon Prime for $5.99 a month. The Epix channel will show original programming like the spy drama Berlin Station and the upcoming Batman prequel Pennyworth. There's also a documentary adaptation of popular slate presidential history podcast, Slow Burn in a Works. <clears throat> Excuse me. <clears throat> Excuse me. Epix joins a list of premium cable channels that can be added, including Showtime and Stars. Epix launched its own streaming service, Epix Now, early this year, initially on Apple TV, Android, and iOS. It then expanded to Roku and Amazon Fire TV as well. Epix Now is the same price as the Prime Channel at $6 a month, but gives viewers access to more content as it covers the network's four live channels plus a selection of movies and original shows. If you live in Los Angeles, CBS has expanded its local news streaming service there after it debuted CBS and New York in December, giving Los Angeles another way to find out what's happening around town. The ad support CBSN Los Angeles includes continuous news coverage for the area, including daily newscasts produced exclusively for the, ser- for the service, breaking news coverage, and live streams of KCBS and KCAL9. Reporters and anchors from those channels will feature in CBSN Los Angeles's programming, and the service will have its own journalists working on stories. You can watch through the CBSN website, CBS local app, and the CBS news site and apps. The CBN local services will also will also eventually be available on CBS All, CBS All Access in their respective markets. Meanwhile, Boston and San Francisco are the are next for CBSN. They are planned for later this year, and you can and you should expect CBS to bring CBSN local to other major markets. BT, BET is reportedly joining the TV streaming market with a launch of a standalone streaming service called BET Plus. 
According to Variety, a Channel Insider has said the service will launch later this year and will feature shows like First Wives Club, an upcoming series based on the 1996 movie, and original content from Tyler Perry. The streaming service will not only include content from the BET channel, but also from other channels owned by parent company Viacom. There's no word on pricing yet, nor on what platforms the service will be available on. This will bring some good news to a few people that are YouTube uh, YouTube TV subscribers. Free Showtime through September 5th. If you go to flip on, go to uh, YouTube TV on any of your devices, you will see an announcement telling you to check out the YouTube TV from a computer. That will be at tv.youtube.com to claim the free offer. Uh, a couple of clicks later, and you got yourself 90 days of the premium network. Now, I'll have a link in the show notes from Android Central with all the details and, of course, the fine print as well. And finishing up the block of the video streaming news, HD Home Run is giving cord cutters a new way to watch live TV through their Roku device. Its developer, Silicon Dust, has released a Roku channel for the service called HD, HD Home Run OTA Live. At the moment, it is in it's an early. It's in beta and can only play over and can only play over over the air live TV. Viewers can also excuse me. It's an early beta and can only play over the air live TV, where viewer, viewers can use it to watch uh, to watch shows currently airing. Uh, also, check out the program guide and change channels. But that's about it. That's a large loud car or truck to just whiz past my window. Silicon Dust said it's working on bringing more features to the channel, though, uh, including support for the company's HD Home Run Prime TV tuner for live cable TV. I'll have a link in the show notes from the Engadget article on how to install it, along with the instruction and more details. Moving over to the video gaming news block, and on GNCWIR episode 24, there was Atari's announcement of its joystick of its joysticks for the classic Atari VCS. Now it's been reported. Originally, what was launched as a crowdfunding campaign in 2018 and raising more than three million dollars, the Atari VCS console is available to pre-order from retailers Walmart and GameStop, as well as from the company website. Several models are being offered with slightly different specs, design, and accessories. The Atari VCS uh, 400 model has 4 gigabytes of RAM, four gigabytes of RAM and costs $249, while the 8 gigabyte 800 version is $279. A 389 quote all in version of the 800 cons- of the 800 cons- console includes both a joystick and gamepad the $49 classic style joystick and the $59 modem gamepad will also be sold separately if you want the most traditional looking experience the version sold directly by Atari will have a retro black walnut design GameStop is getting the all black onyx design while Walmart is getting a design named Kevlar gold with gold details on its front panel Orders from Walmart and GameStop are expected to ship in March 2020, while supporters of last year's Indiegogo campaign could get their systems as early as December of this year. The Atari VCS runs an AMD processor with Radeon Vega graphics and supports 4K video output for streaming video as well as for games. The native dashboard UI runs under an 
runs under an Ontario OS, which the company has said previously said is, quote, based on a modified version of the Linux kernel. The system will also offer a sandbox mode, which the company says will turn the VCS into an, quote, open and expandable multimedia PC. In further details announced at E3, the company further described the software and OS platform behind the VCS. The heart of the experience will be a will, will, the new the heart of the experience will be a new 2600 emulator designed by Rob Wyatt, a system architect who has worked on everything from the original Xbox to the PlayStation 3. Additionally, running additional operating systems will be supported and encouraged. The company says, quote, Accessing familiar operating systems like Windows, Ubuntu, Chrome OS, and others is easily accomplished by simply attaching an external USB drive that has the desired OS installed. The 8GB VCS800 model will support 4K and HDR output, while the 4GB400 model tops out at 1080 1080 output. And speaking of E3, I'll link in the show notes from Ars Technica arstechnica.com of the best games and tech from E3 2019. Also in the show notes this week is uh, there's the best website builders, best password manager for Android, best prepaid Android phones, best universal remotes, and also how to cancel your video streaming subscriptions. And there's a lot out there from Netflix, Amazon Prime Video, HBO Now, etc., there's a link on that for how to from a birds.com with step-by-step instructions on how to cancel each service. What's trending this week on GNCWIR and leading off on Google Trends uh, that trended this week with 200,000 searches is Flag Day. Over on Twitter at number one with the hashtag John McCain Day and last up on YouTube at number four with 877,780 views. Raptors versus Warriors. The Raptors wins its first NBA championship. First NBA chan- chan- championship. Excuse me. So congrats, to Raptors. And finally, show of hands who have seen the movie uh, Bill and Ted's Excellent Adventure. Now, trust me, there are a few of you that's seen it as I have. So to celebrate, the movie is coming back with with Bill and Ted three in August 2020. Booth maker Cubicall Cubicall, excuse me, is releasing a quote. A most excellent photo booth. Um, excellent. <laughs> I was trying to do a uh, uh, a um, lo- uh, impersonation, and it was badly. Sorry, <laughs> sorry about that. It describes as a as a quote meticulous recreation of the one used by Keanu Reeves and Alex Winter to explore history. Cubicall plans a Cubicall. Cubicall, excuse me, makes booths designed to give employees some privacy in an open floor plan offices. The booth comes with an umbrella time travel on top, but you'll be disappointed by the fine print. Quote, due to retrofitting of the payphone, booths cannot travel in time. <laughs> and that is the tech news of the week for Friday, June 14th, 2019. Thank you so much for tuning in for this week's episode. Show notes from this episode can be found at gncweekly.com. Also, be sure to check out the latest tech news and commentary from geeknewscentral.com. Got a comment, thought, want to, uh, some thoughts, want to say hi, love to hear from you all, be it social or email at gncweekly.com forward slash connect. I want to wish all the dads and single, pa- single parents out there a very happy Father's Day this Sunday. And I'll be back next week for another episode of the GNC Week in Review podcast. Till then, I will talk to you all soon.